to the podcast. Why is his skin brown? What? Dad? Who is Christopher Columbus? What happened? What is Juneteenth? Oh, all police back. What does freedom mean? Hi, Emma. Hi, Gracie. Welcome, everyone, to Freedom Means. Freedom Means is a podcast hosted by me, a black woman, storyteller, and mother, Grace Aldridge. And me, a white preschool teacher, Emma Redden. We use this as a public praxis space to model what conversations related to racism and colonialism could sound like with young children. Historically, this work has been unequally distributed to many black and brown people who talk about race with their children in the hopes of keeping them more safe. We want to support that work and encourage white adults to take greater responsibility in a multiracial movement to identify and disrupt the racist stories that are entrenched in our collective imaginations from early childhood. Today is an exciting day because it's the first episode where we're role-playing a scenario sent to us by a listener. This scenario was sent by Callum, who's five years old. One morning, he was getting ready to go to school and put on his mask that reads Black Lives Matter. He asked, Why do Black Lives Matter? Now we'll role play, and Emma will play the child, Callum, a white child, and I will play the adult. Why do Black Lives Matter? Mm, I love that question. Life is magical. And each black person is like a whole universe. What's a universe? The reason I use that word is because a universe is something that holds everything that we know, everything that we can think of. Including the salamanders? Including the salamanders, including um, your favorite sneakers, including the stars. Wow. The universe holds everything. And in this really magical way, each black person is also a whole universe made up of feelings and thoughts and creativity and a heart that pumps blood through the body. What else do you think is part of a universe of a black person? Mm. Laughing. Absolutely. That is such an important part. And it's also made up of growing and helping and making mistakes, learning, struggling, being hungry, being hangry. I get hangry sometimes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, you know, singing, hugging, forgiving, building, loving. What do black people build? Black people can build stories. They can build houses. They can build communities. They can build schools, ideas. And black people can, in that universe, is also quiet and stillness. And, you know, black lives are also part of the story of black people in this country. You know, and that story is precious and has so much to teach us about courage and freedom and love. Because over hundreds of years, black people have 
put so much of themselves, their hearts, their minds, their bodies into making a home on this land where they can share the whole universe that they are without being in danger. And they've worked to make that true for themselves, for the people that they love, the people in their family who aren't even born yet. And they have worked to do that for people they don't even know. That's really nice. Even the very first people whose bodies were stolen from Africa and they were forced to get on boats. I learned a story from this woman, Leah Penniman. My cousin's name is Leah. Leah is a beautiful name. Yeah. And this Leah works with black and indigenous people to help them learn how to be farmers. And she shares about the importance of black and indigenous people being farmers. And she also shared this beautiful true story about the women hundreds of years ago who were whose bodies were stolen before they got on the boats hid seeds into the braids of their hair um, so that they could bring them wherever they were going. And they didn't even know where they were going. Why did they have to hide the seeds? They had to hide these seeds because the people who had made a choice to steal their bodies were not interested in letting them have the choice to grow seeds. And, you know, when you can grow your own seeds, you can grow your own food, and you can take care of yourself. And so these women, hundreds of years ago, didn't know where they were going. And, um, but they decided that they believed in their own creativity, their own power, their own ability to make a home, that they were going to hide the seeds because they believed that someday they would have the chance to, to plant those seeds in a place where they could share that whole universe of themselves. And that's why it's important and it matters. Gracie, how was that for you? Mm. It's interesting doing this work. There's a way that talking about some of the heartbreak and some of the harm that was done mm-hmm. feels easier. But when I start to think and talk about you know, the miracle of the story of black people, then it's, it's hard. I, it's just, um, it feels, um, yeah, it makes yeah. me cry. Yeah. I think uh, the, uh, Brene Brown is somebody I listen <laughs> uh-huh. to a lot and have read a lot from. And she, I remember her saying, you know, that joy is the most vulnerable feeling a person mm-hmm. can have. And I feel that because right on the other side of it is the heartbreak of mm-hmm. loss. You know, witnessing the viral videos of um, unarmed black people being killed by the state. Um, I think about all of that work and creativity and love over hundreds of years that ends when a black person Mm -hmm. is killed. That whole universe 
think about these questions, it's like, are we going to talk about like people's lives or people's deaths? And I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both. But right. Yeah, it makes sense to me why we organize around death. And I think what you did so beautifully was orient the answer actually around life. And you're the one who shared with me the Derricka Purnell mm -hmm. talking about that. And she is like, I, you know, I want a history that starts with yeah. freedom and ends with abolition and not, you know, that starts with slavery and ends in, you know, that ends in incarceration. Yeah. That story about the seeds is one of the most beautiful stories I think I've ever heard in my life. And I want to read what is written on this gorgeous painting that I have hung up behind me that you gave to me. Naima and Leah Penniman wrote the words on it. And it says, we are descendants of futurists carrying on the legacy of our ancestral grandmothers who braided seeds in their hair before boarding transatlantic slave ships, believing in, against all odds in a future of sovereignty on land. The parts of the history that are just so, so, so deeply heartbreaking are completely entwined with unbelievable stories of, of resilience and, and resistance. And a parent was asked us the other day when we were teaching a class, we were reflecting on what, what makes these conversations hard, and she said, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, school, you know, kids going to school right now is such a mess. She's like, life is really hard. Like, I don't always want to say, it's hard sometimes to always then talk about more hard. And in that conversation, we talked about how, I think there's also a way to tell these stories where actually the whole history can be told through resistance stories. And those stories are some yeah. of the most life-giving examples of what human beings are capable of doing when we believe deeply in freedom and love and taking care of each other. Um, so, yeah, I'm so moved by your answer. And I, it's a, I'm always trying to remember when with children in my life and with each other, <laughs> a framing that for me combats the despair is one of like who in my family, you know, were freedom fighters and who, who in your family were freedom fighters and who in like our lineages for as long as our people have been around, how can we learn from how people unbelievably lovingly and courageously took care of themselves not only is there a way to tell this history from the other point of view of uh resilience and and creativity um but those stories are a map mm. to get us out of <laughs> things that we've put ourselves yeah. in now adult and grace will play callum the white child why do black lives matter mm. 
Black Lives Matter because black people are incredibly beautiful and important human beings. I'm important too. Yes, you are incredibly important. And we can focus our energy on the lives and the safety of black people. And that doesn't mean anyone else is less important. It just means that we are saying black people are also incredibly important. And one group of people getting more of their needs met, like their need for safety, doesn't mean another group gets less of their needs met. I need chocolate milk. Mm, I do know you like chocolate milk. So do I. And right now, I'm going to ask you to try to practice keeping your attention on other people's needs. So right now, I'm actually not going to talk to you about you wanting chocolate milk. And I'm going to ask you to keep thinking with me and, and, and feeling and talking to me about the really important question you asked me, which is about black people's lives and black people's, the things that black people's lives need to, to, to be safe um, and be protected. Okay. 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 Thank you. And I have a question for you. Do you remember yesterday when we were at school and Lila was hurt because someone pushed her? Yeah. So yesterday Lila got pushed and she was on the floor and at that moment, we focused all of our energy on Lila because her what she needed in that moment needed m- the most attention. And so it's sort of like that, that other people in the class were still important even though we were all focused on Lila. So other people getting their needs met is good for everyone because we are all deeply connected to each other. Emma, how was that for you? <laughs> You're a hard act to follow. Um, and some of how I responded um, was really influenced by a book I'm reading right now called The Sum of Us by Heather McGee. Um, and I think she makes a really, really powerful point in there that I think is really, really relevant to this conversation. And she talks about how our economy built on colonialism and the stealing of land and chattel slavery, the stealing of labor, meant that the less indigenous and black people got economically actually the more landowning white folks got economically so in in a slavery economy hundreds of years ago this idea of like a zero sum that if someone gets something someone else has to get less actually was how the economic system played out but then that that i that economic idea like extended into people's sense of self and like their their relationship to 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 social the social dynamics and and which sort of imbued this idea of like what is good for them is bad for us like as a as a perspective Mm -hmm. that white folks have taken and I think that underlying story ultimately is the logic of like an all lives matter argument um this idea that somehow black people having more needs met and being more safe and being more free, like inherently is a threat to all of those of white people's access to those things, which is not how human rights work. Some people have more human rights. Doesn't mean other people have less human rights. I think that is such a great point and also is consistent with my experience of having conversations with white people who are very invested in the, the all lives matter narrative is that there is this like, fundamental like um disruption like I actually thought when I first heard the all lives matter that it was a a joke like that I didn't I didn't know 
that people couldn't make that uh-huh. bridge to the idea that this was being said because there was something happening to black lives, which, <laughs> you know, elicited yeah. that response. In this role play, we will add more context to the creators and origins of Black Lives Matter. I will play the adult, and Emma will play the child who has come home from school and is playing with blocks. Hey, what are you making? Invisible tree house. Wow. Can you see it? It's really hard. I, will, I can see it in, in my mind. Mm. Can you see it? Yeah, I have special vision. I can see invisible things. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. That is a good skill to have. I wanted to see if I could interrupt you just for a few minutes because I was thinking about the conversation we had this morning and it feels really important to tell you more about not only why Black Lives Matter, when we were talking about that, but also why we have, you know, those words on your mask right now and why we say those words in particular. Can I play blocks when you talk to me? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah, I wanted to share a really important piece of the story about a young man who was killed, a young man with brown skin who was killed, I mean, like a few years before you were born. I'm five. Yeah. And so this was about four years before you were born. And this young man with brown skin was named Trayvon Martin. And another man with light tan skin made the choice to make his body stop working using a gun. It was a really awful, unfair, scary, and sad thing that happened. And a lot of people wanted to say how much, you know, how they felt about it. I wish that I had given him the secret power of being invisible like my treehouse has. Because maybe if he was invisible, then he would have been able to hide and be safe. Yeah, I think that would have been... An amazing gift. I wish that, you know, too. And I also wish that um, the man with light tan skin had not made that choice. So there were three women who had heard about this story and just felt huge sadness and anger about it. Then they learned that the man who chose to do this didn't have to say sorry in any way. Did he go to jail? He did not go to jail. And he hurt a lot of people. Not only did he really, 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 really hurt Trayvon Martin, he also hurt his family. He hurt all his friends because they missed that. They missed the person they loved. And they hurt a lot of people who you know, felt like it was really unfair that he didn't have to say sorry. So there are three black women, Alicia Garza, 
Patrice Kahn Colors and Opal Tometi. And two of them were queer that decided to send a message to share how they felt. And what they wanted to say was Black Lives Matter. And they were really powerful words. They were so powerful that people wanted to share them those words too. And they wanted to go into the streets and share those words because they felt like it was the perfect way to say how they felt. And millions of people around the world have been using those words um, to say how they feel. Is millions like how many cereals I have in my bowl when I eat Cheerios? Is that like millions? I mean, you would have to have boxes and boxes of cereal, of Cheerios, to make up millions. And this was like 25 million people in the last couple of years alone who have gone out for different reasons to share this message. That's a lot. It sure is. Yeah, it's powerful. And it's really powerful when we come together to share, to support each other, when we feel really big sadness and things that are unfair so that we can start to change them. This week, we have two picture books to share with you. The first picture book, All Because You Matter, is a lyrical love letter written by Tammy Charles and illustrated by Brian Collier. It affirms the miraculous, indelible, and essential place that black and brown children hold. It encompasses the collective experience of joy, love, hardship, and the struggle of black people. I'm so grateful for this moving and comforting book. The second book is What We Believe, a Black Lives Matter Principles activity book by Lelania Garcia. This coloring and activity book describes each guiding principle of the Black Lives Matter movement. Each page has writing prompts for children and adults, beautifully accessible language for children, and images to color. The book is accompanied by a guide for grown-ups. Additionally, if you Google... Black Lives Matter Principles, Lelania Garcia, PDF. You'll see wonderful digital resources of hers in PDF form for free online. And now we will share a definition of freedom. Okay, so today's definition um, was said by a five-year-old, a beloved of mine, who told me casually one afternoon when I was visiting her at her house, freedom means choices, community, and safety. We don't have a principle. The kids are the principle because it's freedom. We don't have a principle. The kids are the principle because it's freedom. And we're so appreciative of the audio production, the music and sound design for this podcast is done by Echo Finch. We invite you all to be a part of these conversations. We welcome feedback, questions, and would love to include moments from your own lives with children that you would be curious to see us work through on the podcast. 
Emma and I are community educators and work with groups of teachers, parents, and caregivers. If you're interested in working with us or want to give feedback or scenarios for the podcast, you can contact us through our website, thefullstoryschool.org, or by sending us an email at thefullstoryschool at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Emma. Gracie Rawls. I love you. Bye. I love you, too. What does freedom mean?